So Oscar, what would you prefer to do? Live in a house above ground or build a house in a series of cave systems with um, strange creatures and other um, people living down there? Cave systems? I don't know why you need to ask that to me. Of course, it's super cool, right? Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to be doing today as we explore the um, board game Above and Below. Welcome to Board with Family Games. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. And every couple of weeks, we come to you to explore one of the board games that we love to play together as a family. Please visit our website at boardwithfamilygames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com to learn more about the games we review on this show. So this week, what are we going to look at, Oscar? Above and Below by Red Raven Games. So this is a game we've had for a long time. And what's the basic premise of the game, Oscar? So you're a villager who kind of ha- got kicked out of her village and started exploring, and now you're re- you're making a new village. Okay, so it's a family. You head out and you start to make a new village, and then is it just uh, building houses above ground? No, you discovered a series of gate well caverns underground where you're also building stuff there and exploring. All right. And so that's basically the premise of the game is you're building both above and And below. below. (laughs) So you get to um, have a lot of great things in this game. And we, it's something that we've really enjoyed. I think this is one of the games that especially uh, Oscar's mother and I, every time we play it, we say, Oh, this game is so much fun. And what, what is the thing that makes it a little bit different? What's one of the things that makes this game really unique, Oscar? Um, you have a way to explore the underground caverns, and you're never going to get the same no, the same encounters. Okay, because in these encounters, you're actually reading a narrative. Yeah. And so there's a storyline that you're creating as you go, and it's a lot of fun. So after we hear a word from our sponsors, we'll get back to you and talk about this game that we love to play. We would love for you to sponsor us. So if you're interested in board games, please sponsor us. And we'll be trying to probably sell some board games for anyone who's interested in them. And just contact us at our website, Board with Family Games. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. And just contact us and... Sponsorships would include an ad spot right here on our podcast every week. We'd love to have you join us. So as we said, in Above and Below, the goal of the game is to build your new village. That's really the purpose of what's going on, what you're trying to do. But the problem with how you build a village is you need to build it and Make it the largest, best village. You can't make a village and spend all your time exploring because then you don't have the best village and you can't win. Okay, so what is the definition? So what is the goal of the game in general terms? So the big idea is you're building a village. How do you know who's winning? 
by the number of points they have. There's these little point things that you use to see who wins the game. And you just have to see who has the most points. Okay, so what kind of ways can you get points in the game? From getting little token dealies on a token dealie track. Okay, so there's items that you can harvest. And then you there's this track at the bottom of the game board that will give you an idea of how many points you're getting, right? Yeah, and then you can also build houses that give you like two points or four points or something like that. Okay, so you're harvesting items, you're building buildings, and then there's one other way. Um, um, you're, if you have a high, you're the highest reputation or one of the highest. Okay, so there's this idea of, you know, as we've talked about, there's some exploring that we'll explain more to, but in your adventures, you're going to gain and lose um, some reputation and that will give you points as well. So you take these three different ways, you put the points together, uh, or you have to decide which way you want to go. If you want to go for reputation, if you want to go for items, if you want to go for buildings, you're going to look at what ways you want to go, look at what your competitors are doing and try to come up with your best path to the highest number of points. All right, Oscar, so describe this um, artwork in this game to us. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of a mix of cartoonish and reality. So it's kind of like hand-drawn pictures that are, kind of, but, that are realistic, but are still drawn and not pictures out of like a movie or a book. I'd even think of them a little bit more as paintings. I think they um, you know, look like... Some you see some landscapes and um, then the you know portraits. It's it's just a I, I think it's a really pretty artwork. Yeah, definitely. The box comes with a number of different things: a big main board, four smaller boards for people, everyone who's a player, ninety-four cards, seven little dice. Four little wooden cubes, 198 game tokens, a single encounter book, and a rule book. All right, so you got all this stuff. You got some villager tokens, um, some house cards, and so all these things come together cards. to allow you to play the game. But what's nice is you everybody has their own individual board that they're working with, and then a communal board that everybody has to refer to. Mm-hmm. Also, also there are. Little tokens that's a barrel and a vial of green liquid stuff. Yeah, so some, some other um, things that you can manage in the game. One of the things I really appreciate about this game is um, in the artwork, the villagers are incredibly diverse. You have all sorts of different shades and genders, and it was just one of those moments that you wish more games would do where they had the opportunity, they just had um, random people and they made them diverse like our world. So that was something that I really appreciate in this game and sadly not something you see as often as I'd like. In order to set up, you need to shuffle three main decks, the above ground houses, the below ground houses, and the deck that tells you which encounter you're going to explore when you go exploring. And then there's also the sh- um, shuffling up all the villagers. Yeah. Right? And then there's also some starter houses that you also shuffle up and 
put some out. So, and those are easier houses to buy, get, and they kind of start you out in the game. Then there's just a whole bunch of other tokens, but we generally just leave them in the bag because until you need them, there's no real setup that needs to be done with them. Yeah, and it's way too messy to just like pour them out and then have to get all of them back <laughs> in the bag. But overall, I'd say this game is pretty quick to set up. I, you know, I we could probably set up in 15, 20 minutes of um, as we want to play. Would you agree? Yeah, and we play a lot of games that take longer. Visit boardwithfamilygames.com for more information on this and other games. All right, Oscar, why don't you tell us about how this game is actually played? So you have seven rounds in which you each spend your villagers to complete certain actions. Okay, so you have a total of seven rounds before the game's over, but each time you use a villager to perform a task, right? Yes. Though you could use more than one villager on your turn to explore where you need to use more than one. So what are the, uh, what are the actions that you can take with your villagers? You can... Train a villager, getting you another villager, and putting that into used. And you can you can build a house with a villager, and you can explore with using two or more villagers. Okay, so you've got these. These are your basic actions. There's a couple more, but these are the primary ones. So, you know, we said you have to build houses, so you're going to use a builder to build a house above ground or below ground. You're going to use a um, villager to train, and then that gets you new villagers. And so the more villagers you have... The more actions you can take. Okay, exactly. So in a round, every person takes one action, right? Yeah. And then what happens? Then you go on to the next person in the circle, and you just keep spending one or more villagers... Until everyone is out of villagers. Okay, so not everybody will have the same number of actions during a turn or during a round, but they everybody will take their turn until they've done everything. So um, Oscar's mother loves to have lots of villagers, and so she's usually the last person taking turns on a uh, round because she has all her villagers rolling around on her game board. My favorite part is exploration. So I normally want the first to run out of villagers. Okay, so talk through exploration for us. So you said you need two villagers to do that? Yeah. So you roll a die to learn which scenario you're going to be in out of like 200 scenarios. I think it's really cool how they did this. Basically, you take a card and it has six numbers on it and you roll the die and whatever number comes up is the um, scenario you read. It's just a real clever way of doing it randomly. Yeah. And then the person to their left reads the scenario and they have to choose from a couple actions and then try to get a high enough number. You can roll the number of dice, one for each villager, and try to get a high enough number to complete successfully. But if you fail, you could have bad effects. Okay, so it's really a kind of a cool system because you have to guess how many villagers you're taking. Well, you have to take at least two villagers, but you might take more. And you're deciding what you want to do based on the random scenario you got. 
and trying to get the best outcome. And you can get great rewards. You could even get special fancy villagers or you could have a really bad effect. <laughs> and like, I don't know, go back to the worst reputation possible yeah. or something. You can lose reputation. You can sp- lose money. You can um, hurt, hurt your villagers. Hurt your villagers. So all sorts of things can happen on these explorations. But what? why take the risk of exploring in the first place? What's so important about doing that? Because ex- exploration is the main way to gain reputation and resources. And it allows you to build houses underground. Okay, so until you've explored, you can't build those underground houses. And each house gives you some additional effect in the game. Some will give you more money. Some will give you... Um, more. Vi- you can refresh more villagers. Uh, yeah, it helps you use your villagers more effectively. So you have all these different things that you get with it. Or, of course, as we keep saying, resources. It's the houses that get you the resources usually, right? Or the exploration. You can't forget about exploration. True. So these are the different ways you get your exploration or you get your resources, your houses. And then, of course, all of this is going back to putting together your best points possible, right? Yeah. So how complex is this game really? Honestly, I don't find it to be that complex. At first, it can be a little daunting because there's so many things that seem to be going on. But pretty quickly, you get into a rhythm in your turns and your rounds, and you're able to get a good uh, momentum going. One thing that we really like to do, and I really encourage anybody to do with a new game, is to play it a couple times in a row. You might have a whole lot of games and kind of like to mix them up, but when you have a new one, Playing it a couple times really helps cement it. But once you find your rhythm and you are able to play this game smoothly, there's a lot of strategy to figure out in the game. And so you are trying to balance, and we keep trying, I know, or at least I keep trying, different methods to try to get the most points. So what are some strategies that you've thought of and think work well? Well, one of the things is I like to explore. And I know you like to explore too. And, you know, one of the things that I learned is that exploring early can be very helpful because it allows you to start building those buildings underground. And so that's something that I've tried to do is make sure that I'm ready to do an exploration in the first or second round, usually the second, but, you know, trying to get, get there as quickly as possible. Yeah. One of my favorite things in talking about these reviews is talking about the difficulties that can come up with a family and the family strife that can be caused by a game. So how hard has this game been on our family dynamics? Do we get upset with each other? Uh, sometimes, but you're never, but until the end where you learn who has won, there's never real big strife unless someone takes a building you want to buy or realize you don't have enough points. In general, it's nice because you're not directly attacking each other. You're just competing for some resources, or sometimes you're not even competing for them. You're just um, trying to go your own path. So it's kind of fun in that way for me in that, you know, sometimes I'll be a little disappointed that somebody grabs either a villager or a house I wanted, but it doesn't feel like I'm being ganged up on, and it doesn't feel like you're being punished right yeah because who knows how you could do that i mean how could someone buy the villager you want or the house you want 
over and over and know that's the thing you want. Exactly. They're doing it because it's best for them not to get at you. Yeah. So how many players is best for the game? Well, there's a total of two through four players can play the game. And as we've mentioned before on this podcast, we have three people in our family and generally play with three people. I think three people works great. I can imagine four working very well as well. We've not actually played two players. Um, it's, but I don't, it doesn't feel like there'd be quite enough going on to work effectively. Maybe it would work. I'm not entirely sure. We would have to give that a try at a future um, game. Maybe we'll do that this summer. What do you think, Oscar? Probably. Maybe. What do you think? Do you think two players is a good idea? What's your reason? Why do you think it's not going to be a good idea? Well, it's going to make the game go by so fast. Mm. And something I like is that I like a not a game that isn't super long, but goes pretty. But is but is pretty long. Yeah. And I will. And it seems like it would just be so. It would be shorter be, and too short because you won't have enough going on. Yeah. Well, one of the things that it's always a little disappointing when you get to that final round, you get through your rounds and then, you know, you see it coming and you're done. So I agree. I think it would feel very fast, but we'll give it a try. As we you know have talked about as a family, two player games, you oftentimes want to get a game that's built for two players. And that's going to be something we'll look at in, a few, in future podcasts or some of those board games designed for two players because that could be a lot of fun playing a two-player game. Yeah. So how many times do you think you can replay this game? How, how fun does it remain after time? Um, for a long time, it's replayable, but eventually you'll start knowing the exploration and know what's going to happen when you fail things or make them, and then that kind of spoils the fun of exploration. Yeah, I'd say we're not there yet, but um, at some point, I, I agree, you'll start to know what, what scenarios what. I know we've had that a couple times already, but I also know that there's a number of scenarios that we haven't done at all yet. Yeah, and I mean, we've only got through like one special villager ever. Yeah, the special villages are surprisingly hard to get. Um, well, that makes sense since there's only one for two of them and two for two. So, yeah, But you feel really lucky when you get one. Yeah. Now, unlike a lot of games, I'm not familiar with any expansions for this game. I did see online that there is a follow-up game called Near and Far, which I imagine is very similar to this game. But, um, you know, as we get bored of it, maybe we'll try that one out too. Yeah. So storage-wise, it's a... Everything fits within the box very nicely. Um, it works very well. I'll be honest, there's not a lot of shuffling up except that initial shuffle. I haven't sleeved these cards. I haven't felt a need to. Overall, it's a well-built game, stores well, and been very happy with that. It comes with enough bags, to um, little baggies to go inside the box to keep all your little tokens separate and working. Yeah. All right, Oscar, so what's your overall take on Above and Below? Should, I, should people play this? Oh, definitely. So, yeah, we've loved it. I've loved it. Um, as I said, Oscar will sometimes not want to play it, but then as, after we get it out, we're having a lot of fun, right? That's it. Yeah. I mean, you never, 
it hasn't gotten old for us yet. It'll take a while for it to get old. We're still learning different strategies. We'll probably, you know, I have some strategies now, but I'm sure I'll have more in the future. I think we're going to keep playing this game for a while. And I'd really encourage you to try it. And especially that um, storytelling aspect just makes this game so much fun. And it's a lot of great opportunities to read that those stories out loud and think about how or imagine how or this world. I just think it's such a neat, fun game. I really love it. Thank you so much for joining us for our review of Above and Below by Red Raven Games. Please make sure that you're following us wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure you're rating us. These things help us grow and help us expand. And please follow us on our website, Board with Family Games. That's B-O-A-R-D with Family Games so dot com. Board with Family Games dot com. You can donate there. You can see other podcast episodes that we have. And you can become a sponsor. You can donate to us because this stuff isn't free. We, no, <laughs> we would love to have somebody help us out. Um, if you are enjoying this, please throw a donation our way. Also, um, you can buy the supplies for your games. You can buy um, the games themselves. So please check out our website and keep following us. We've been loving doing this and we're, we want to keep going. So um, please keep listening. Thank you again for joining us at the uh, Board with Family Games. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm Jessica.